Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. Making his way to the ring, your host of the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast, here's Pat Dunning. And welcome back to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. My name is Pat, and this is my review of WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, Andre the Giant. Where to begin? This episode was great. Two-hour special. Uh, This is Season 1, Episode 8. The seven prior episodes were only one hour, but this episode certainly deserved two hours. Honestly, would even have watched a third, fourth, or fifth. I mean, it's Andre the Giant, the eighth wonder of the world, and uh, one of the most important wrestlers not just in the WWE, but in the entire professional wrestling realm. So, we learned a lot about Andre Rusimov uh, throughout this show. As a person, as a professional wrestler, and there were times that I forgot this show was actually about uh, the hunt for missing memorabilia. Uh, this was a lot more like a biography but I loved it because it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, A&E uh, teamed up with WWE and did a great job. Both WWE's Most Wanted Treasures and the other series they had on um, WWE Legends um, that just wrapped up. That was an eight-episode series. I hope there's a season two for both of them. Uh, incredible. I know WWE's Most Wanted Treasures wraps up with a season finale of The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I'm not sure if that's a two-hour episode as well. Uh, I would I would believe it is. Uh, that's going to be great, I'm sure. Plenty of stories and moments in and out of the ring as well. Um, so yeah, during this episode, we heard from a lot of people. WWE archivist Ben Brown, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, Vince and Linda McMahon, uh, The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Sergeant Slaughter, Jerry the King Lawler, the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Referee Tim White, The Big Show Paul White, no relation, and The World's Strongest Man Mark Henry. So, um, yeah, this this was a really, uh, really great episode, and let's start off right at the very beginning, I suppose. Uh, ben Brown is with Stephanie McMahon, shows Stephanie one of Andre's uh, casts that he wore on his leg, um... Sometime in the 80s, I'm led to believe. Uh, Stephanie said she was uh, three years old when she met Andre, considered him to be uh, her best friend. And she remembers that cast when she was a kid. She remembers actually uh, being able to fit completely in this Andre cast. That just goes to show uh, how big he was. (laughs) I mean, this guy was an absolute, lived up to the name. He was a giant. And she also let us know that Andre took her on uh, her very first dinner date outside of family functions. She was 14 years old, and he took her to a very fancy uh, restaurant in Stanford, Connecticut. I believe it was called La Bretagne. I believe I got that pronunciation right. And Andre was laughing during this dinner. And Stephanie said, what's so funny? 
Now, I'm not sure how old Andre was at this point. I'm probably mid to late 30s, maybe even 40 at this point, and, and she was 14. And he said, all these people think I'm a dirty old man. And he laughed again, and uh, Stephanie just couldn't believe it. But uh, I believe that was probably the case. However, guys, take it easy, all right? It's Andre the Giant. And even if you were not, or are not, a professional wrestling fan, how do you not know? I mean, uh, the guy's almost, what, eight feet tall? How do you not know of him? You know, there's certain athletes uh, you know without watching the sport. You've never watched golf? You've heard of Tiger Woods. You've never watched basketball? You heard of Michael Jordan. You never watched football? You heard of Tom Brady. You get the point. So, Andre the Giant, icon in every which way. So, Stephanie McMahon and uh, Andre the Giant, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They, uh, they go well together. Um, so, they're on the hunt for Andre's uh, blue or black singlet, uh, boots, socks, some of his suits, uh, even a black and silver mask that he wore as the giant machine in the mid-80s. I believe it was 1986 or so that he stepped away from the WWE. Um, was actually part of a tag team. Wore the same exact outfit. Uh, same singlet, same boots. All black. However, he had this black and silver mask. And um, it was actually a Japanese custom mask, if I'm not mistaken. There's a couple versions made. Uh, it's it's said to be anywhere between five and eight grand. I would assume it's more, but that's just me. And Vince McMahon got a good laugh out of it, as I'm sure many did. Um, he wore this mask, Andre the Giant, like that was really going to hide uh, him. Like, we don't know who that is on, uh, beneath it. You, you literally are, again, almost eight foot tall, wearing the same exact ring gear that you wore as Andre the Giant. But by the way, I'm wearing a mask, and um, I don't know. It's kind of like that movie... Big Daddy was that when Adam Sandler told uh, told the kid told the kid to to throw on those sunglasses, and every time you put on those glasses, nobody could see you. So something like that. So he was a worldwide phenomenon uh, prior to uh, the world of professional wrestling literally having global stars. Uh, before it was a thing, he was in Tokyo, Japan. Paris, France, Toronto, Canada, Frankfurt, Germany, Sydney, Australia. He wasn't out there uh, doing meet and greets. Well, maybe he was, but that wasn't the sole purpose. He was out there wrestling. He, he was the man. Some knew of Andre the Giant, but they didn't know of WWF or what's now WWE. But they knew who Andre was. They, they knew who he was. Again, even if you didn't watch the sports of pro wrestling... Uh, there, there's certain guys you just know, and, and he was certainly one of them. So, Stephanie McMahon looks to recruit the Big Show uh, to join AJ Topdala from NXT, Francis, uh, one one of the members of Hit Row. Uh, so yeah, Big Show uh, tells Stephanie McMahon he's always been a big fan of Andre the Giant, refers to the 1990 Honeycombs commercial, I want to be big like Andre, and uh, surely enough, he did, because just a few years later, he was in WCW as the Giant, portrayed as Andre the Giant's son, who I at the time believed was his son. What was I, maybe 11, 12 years old at the time, uh, very gullible. 
and uh, feuding with the likes of Hulk Hogan before joining the NWO. Then eventually, of course, making his way over to WWF. So, so that was interesting. And um, he goes to Stephanie McMahon and says, hey, can I bring my, my good old friend uh, Mark Henry along? I know he would love this. He is a big, huge Andre the Giant fan. Um, immense respect for him as we saw throughout the course of this show. Gets very emotional throughout the course of this show uh, at certain moments. And, and you just saw the respect uh, he had for Andre. You know, being a big man in this business like Big Show and Mark Henry, they, they just absolutely adore Andre the Giant. So Stephanie says, sure, yeah, bring Mark Henry along. I didn't know you guys were that close. And then uh, Big Show goes and tells her. He says, yeah, well, it's look, Steph, it's kind of hard not to be friends with a 400-pound guy when you're standing next to him naked on a scale. Probably probably something I could have went uh, without knowing. Um Probably didn't need to hear that, although I got a good laugh out of it. Uh, would have hated to be uh, a fly on that wall during those weigh-ins. Um, so we saw that, and uh, or heard that, rather. Thank God we didn't see that. And uh, Stephanie laughed, and sure enough, you know, so uh, those two were going to join AJ uh, on the road to find this merchandise of uh, Andre the Giant. So we also learned something very interesting um, in the kitchen of uh, the big show with AJ Francis and... Big Show shows AJ a photo and says, hey, does this look familiar? And AJ's like, yeah. Uh, or I think he said, yeah. Well, long story short, uh, Big Show comes out and says, well, this fist uh, was actually molded into what we all saw many years ago as the SmackDown fist, uh, the main stage where all the where all the talent comes out, which every what everybody complains about when there is a throwback edition of SmackDown and we don't get that fist we want to see in the uh entrance way well that was the fist of the big show so that was that was pretty cool to, to find out so we learned that the big show had the same condition as andre the giant i believe it was called acro acromaglia well in short it is a tumor on the pituitary gland and uh it's potentially fatal it uh disrupts uh the heart organs and joints because they don't stop growing so the big show had his removed at the age of 20 uh sadly enough andre never had his removed with his untimely death at the age of 46 so greg the hammer valentine thankfully lifts the mood after hearing that uh and tells us a story about when they were in japan so he goes you know one night we're all out drinking and i'm sure this happened many times uh with what i'm about to tell you so, you know, uh, trying to trying to find a taxi, hell a cab, but um, the only problem was Andre, as you would imagine, doesn't fit in a taxi. So Andre would hide until the last second to get into the cab. So he goes to get in, the taxi driver sees him getting in, yells, oh no, starts driving off, um, goes to leave Andre in the dust. Andre, <laughs> Andre said, not so fast. He actually grabs the cab by the bumper. And has it up in the air while the wheels are spinning. Uh, believe it or not, um, I got a good laugh out of that. Uh, unbelievable. So I could only imagine Andre just lifting this cab up like it's nobody's business. And uh, yes, that, that was pretty interesting. So um, we get to see where Mark Henry actually had a face-to-face -face moment growing up with Andre the Giant. Let's take it back to 1982 at the Beaumont Civic Center. Mark Henry attended a show. Uh, where Andre the Giant was on the card. Um, he was leaning over the railing, actually. He was so close to the action 
as Andre was coming down to the ring, two kids actually bumped into Mark Henry, uh, knocked him over the railing, and Andre picked Mark up, who, by the way, at the time was roughly, give or take, about 200 pounds. Uh, Mark proceeded to say Andre picked him up like a baby, placed him back where he was standing on the opposite side of the railing, and wow, that's all I could say. Pretty incredible. Incredibly professional, and uh, incredible the fact that, you know, I know Andre is a huge individual, but being all the you know, aches and pains he had to pick up a 200-pound guy or, you know, teen, whatever. That's impressive, right? Incredibly impressive. Uh, Mark's respect for Andre is obviously unmatched. Um, so the guys uh, take a few visits. Um, they, they get on the road looking for some memorabilia here. They meet this guy in Illinois, Chris Owens. Um, they were unsuccessful in their attempt to get some memorabilia from Andre, uh, the giant, but there is one piece that Chris is willing to fork over. It is actually a playbill of when Andre the Giant made his debut in Madison Square Garden. Take it back to March 26th, 1973, uh, when Andre made his debut. I believe it was blue trunks. Uh, might have been wearing a brown vest. I actually think I have one of those action figures I bought a few years back. And honestly, I never even knew where Andre had that getup. I just assumed it was... You know, prior to his WWE run, or, you know, I only remembered him from the black and blue singlet. So, anyway, that was pretty neat. So, uh, they handed that over, a framed uh, playbill from, from 1973 to bring back to WWE. So, at least uh, something's better than nothing. We got to learn that uh, Rhonda Orton, that's right. As soon as I saw that last name, I, I thought the same thing you're probably thinking right now. Any relation? And yes, yes, there is. Um... Rhonda Orton was the older sister of Cowboy Bob Orton, who is the father of the Viper, Randy Orton. So, very interesting. So, Rhonda Orton was actually best of friends with Andre the Giant. At one point, she said Andre actually asked her to be his wife. Uh, Rhonda, to this day, still does not know if he was joking or not. Um, Personally, I think he meant it. Uh, But... That never happened. They never got married, but they were always the best of friends. He had a very small circle, Andre, so I'm sure he valued uh, Ronda very much so. So the boys, uh, Big Show, Mark Henry, AJ Francis, they're back on the road again looking for this memorabilia. So they go and see uh, former WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling manager, Sonny Ono. Never liked him. Uh, Personally, never a fan. Not just because he's a heel, uh, but he just, he just, I don't know, man. He just rubs me the wrong way. So anyway, he was the manager of... uh, you know, famous pro wrestlers such as the Ultimo Dragon and Jushin Thunder Liger, household names. So, he's got one of Andre's uh, limited edition masks that I was referring to earlier on this episode. The custom Japanese masks uh, that he wore as the giant machine. So, the the boys went over there thinking that they were possibly going to be able to, uh, you know, get this away from Sonny Ono. Um, in, in somewhat of a, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, whatever. Long story short... Sonny Ono blindsides them and tells them that there's going to be an auction that he's setting up in just a little bit. AJ Top Dollar Francis looked like he was ready to give him uh, quite the clothesline, to say the least. And uh, Mark Henry and Big Show were not pleased either. So, long story short, they have this bidding war uh, with a couple guys from the internet. And uh, they were not about to... uh, One guy actually bowed out before 5,000. So now it's between uh, the boys and one other gentleman. And uh, they were not going to go above five grand. That was their limit. And the other guy was willing to go above five grand. And, and long story short, 
they uh, or that guy won the mask and um, or bought it, and they didn't get it. They were pissed. They left before they stomped the mud hole. And Sony Ono, uh, very upset about the whole situation. So WWE archivist steps in. Ben Brown invites Mark Henry down to the WWE warehouse in Connecticut. Mark Henry walks in with his red, white, and blue jacket, the same jacket he debuted in, in, I want to say 1996, uh, around the time he was the world's strongest man, the Olympics had just happened, and so on and so forth. So he goes in there, donates that jacket to WWE, Ben, very grateful, and Ben goes, hey, here's one of Andre's tuxedos, why don't you try it on? Uh, Mark Henry, very reluctant, because he has an immense amount of respect for uh, Andre, uh, gets very emotional, tries it on, and, uh, you know, it, it was quite a moment. Honestly, it was really quite a moment to see. Uh, yes, uh, Mark Henry, just an absolute professional, and, um, I mean, all that he's accomplished in his career still, the, the amount of respect he has for Andre is, is just uh, un- unreal. So, uh, they talk a little bit about WrestleMania three in 1987 uh, being the beginning of the end for Andre, where Hulk Hogan comes in. Not only does he uh, win that match, but he body slams Andre. And this is where the pains and the aches, they were getting really bad for Andre. They had brought him back for that, uh, turned him heel, actually. They, they turned a lovable baby face to bad guy heel. And Hulk Hogan wins, and, and now it's his time. Now it is completely Hulk Hogan's time um, at the Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, broke a 15-year undefeated streak of his. I remember Stephanie McMahon said she was uh, very upset. She had so much love for Andre, not just the pro wrestler, but the human being. And shortly thereafter, we see on the main event, Hogan versus Andre rematch. I believe they said something like 33 million people watched on TV. And Andre actually wins. You know, I know it wasn't at WrestleMania, but he got his rematch and he won. However, given his condition... um, he sells it to the billion-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ultimate heel move. Uh, what Way to get immense heat. So he does that. And, uh, yeah. So, so that, was, that was an incredible moment in pro wrestling history as well. Unheard of, actually. So they're, they're heading towards the end of this documentary, uh, so to speak. They talk about LRB, North Carolina. Uh, it's a place where Andre the Giant... Um, would spend a lot of time when he wasn't in the ring. or This is where he really got to see Andre Rusimov... Um, befriend Jackie McCauley and her husband Frenchie. Best of friends. They actually had a ranch. They they uh, named it the AFJ Ranch, standing for Andre, Frenchie, and Jackie. That's how close they were. So, you know, she had all these items from Andre in the past in her attic. She says, why not display these pieces? She got so much memorabilia. So she displays it at the Rankin Museum of American Heritage, uh, right in the area there. Um, and that's where the guys go and visit. You see Mark Henry, Big Show, and we see AJ Francis go visit. Um, you know, and it was it was quite a moment. We got to see um, a pink ring worn jacket. I never even know, you know, knew, and I'm sure the guys didn't know that Andre even had that jacket. They were able to attain that. Um, they were also able to finally get their hands on a passport. And although it wasn't the one from the museum, uh, Jackie said I could get you one that I have at home. Uh, it was from 1979 to 1981, he where he was in Australia, Barbados, Canada, Japan, and Mexico. And I remember at one point, Stephanie, uh, towards the end of this episode, got the passport and was reading through it and said, wow, um, he was in Mexico for six months. And he wasn't just vacationing, although I'm sure he enjoyed himself and had a couple beers. Uh, he was out there working because he was just... Um, he was just you know, always sought after as an attraction. 
Andre the Giant, nothing like him. So he was always working in, in all of these countries, uh, uh, just a hot commodity. So, <clears throat> again, they were able to get this uh, pink ring jacket, able to get the passport. And uh, they were also, uh, at some point in the episode prior, they were able to attain, uh, you know, a, a blue suit uh, from a gentleman who is a big memorabilia collector, but only on loan. So they had that for I don't know how much time. And most importantly, uh, they were able to attain Andre's mask, that limited edition mask that they were not able to get from Sonny Ono. They were able to get from this museum through Jackie McCauley. So that was that was absolutely huge. Uh, that was big time. So we come to find out that, that uh, Andre the Giant, though, uh, other than all of the in-ring accolades that he received, he was also... Uh, very honored to be in that film, The Princess Bride, in 1987. Uh, that was huge for him. You know, I believe they shot it throughout the course of 85 and 86. 87 is where he really started to, uh, to decline health-wise. Um, on set, they talked about all the problems. You know, he had standing or even catching people in the scenes, and they had to make all these adjustments just to make it happen for him. And so, yeah, it was, his health, or lack thereof, was catching up to him. But uh, he was nervous about this film debuting and wondering how he would be perceived in the film industry. Although he's a hit in pro wrestling, I don't know if people are going to like me or, or like it. Uh, so, long story short, he was loved. Um, this new audience, uh, he was received greatly. And we heard we heard all of this through his uh, good friend, referee Tim White. He said shortly thereafter, Andre had well over 18 scripts waiting for him. So uh, that that was huge, uh, a big, uh, big, um, you know, sense of validation for Andre the Giant uh, doing something in a totally different realm and succeeding greatly. So so that was cool that he was at least able to enjoy that moment outside of pro wrestling. Sadly, Andre died 1993 while in France. Um, Jackie McCauley was saying they scattered 19 pounds of Andre's ashes throughout the field in LRB, North, North Carolina. And, um, you know, she said to Big Show, Mark Henry, and of course, AJ, feel free to, before you guys leave here today, scoop up some soil from these grounds. Uh, I know how much this means to you. And hey, although it was many moons ago, what, the better part of 27, 28 years, uh, who knows, maybe you'll be able to get some of Andre's ashes within uh, what you're able to grab up from the soil today. So that was a pretty powerful moment. I thought I was watching a movie at some point, and honestly, memorabilia was the last thing on my mind as far as uh, in-ring stuff, because that was just a very human moment. And um, suddenly, forget masks and passports and jackets and boots and all that and just grabbing some soil from the ground and simply just these visits was enough for me as a, as a fan, as I'm sure it was for these fans, now pro wrestlers. So just such a powerful, um, powerful episode. Uh, again, I know it's based around memorabilia, um, but this was, dare I say, this rivaled any biography that I saw on A&E. Any of those WWE biographies, Stone Cold, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, I, I know I'm missing a few others. Not here to name them all, Booker T. But they were all great. They were all great in their very own way. But this Andre one was just uh, very important, powerful, and um, just incredible. So uh, we learned a lot about the eighth wonder of the world. And uh, Vince summed up the episode like this. He goes, you know, you've heard of the phrase... Uh, you know, someone could light up a room. Well, Andre the Giant, he was the type. He would light up the arena. Uh, 
And uh, with that being said, folks, I thank you for joining me today on another episode of Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. My name is Pat. Um, I hope you go back and watch this episode if you haven't already. This Andre the Giant Most Wanted Treasures episode on A&E. And um, again, hope we get a season two. So uh, thanks for listening. And I'll see you soon. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.